0: Love Talk radio Hello everyone and welcome to tonight's edition to Students for a Better Future.
1: with Ruben...
2: to drive and right
0: The voice of uh, singer songwriter Ann Wolf. Um, um, and Ann, can you hear us yet? Yes, yes, um, I'm right here. Okay, welcome to the show. Um, and folks, uh, I want to um tell you that tonight's show is sponsored again by the 501c3 nonprofit Students for a Better Future, whose goal is to plant seeds. In the minds of our young, and um, we do have some successes here in New Jersey, New York. Very tough area to work in, um, but we're doing it. Um, and we also have internships available for our students. You can go on the website at ourfuture.com, and um, you can look at the various internships that are available to you, uh, and and see how to apply for them. Um, and uh, I also want to mention that tonight's show, we have a great show, number of guests coming on, um, and tonight is about talent, exceptional people of the West. And the reason why we are doing this, um, because some of our upcoming shows, uh, I shouldn't say some, uh, quite a few that we'll, we'll be doing deals with what you call the Cultural Marxism um, that has divided the culture in the United States And um, I want to tell everybody what it is And then we're going to lead into the conversation And I want to bring on some of our exceptional guests here um, Cultural Marxism is a branch of Western Marxism It is different from the Marxism and Leninism of the old Soviet Union It's commonly known as multiculturalism Or less formally, formally political correctness from its beginning, the promoters of cultural Marxism have known they could be more effective if they concealed the Marxist mm-hmm. nature of their work, um, mm-hmm. hence the use terms, and you have multiculturalism. And this began not in the 1960s, and I want to tell everybody that, but in 1919, immediately after World War I. Marxist theory had predicted that in the event of a big European war, the working class all over Europe would rise up to overthrow capitalism and create communism. But when the war came in 1914 and didn't happen, um, and when it finally did happen in Russia in 1917, workers in other European countries did not support it. So I want to tell you what went wrong. Um, We had at that time, independently, two Marxist theorists, Antonio Gramsci of Italy and George Lukacs in Hungary, who came to the same answer, and they said that Western culture and the Christian religion had so blinded the working class to its true Marxist class interests that communism was impossible in the West until both could be destroyed. And in 1919, Lukács asked, who will save us from the Western civilization? And that same year, when he became deputy commissioner for culture in the short-lived Bolshebek government in Hungary, one of Lukács' first acts was to introduce sex education into Hungary public schools. And he knew that if he could destroy the West's traditional sexual morals Would have taken a giant step In destroying western culture itself So let me tell you How it came to the United States In 1923 Inspired in part by Lukacs A group of German Marxists Established a think tank At the Frankfurt University in Germany Called the Institute for Social Research And this institute Soon uh, known simply As the Frankfurt School Would become the creator Of cultural Marxism so, to translate Marxism from economic into cultural terms, the members of the Frankfurt School, Max Horkemeyer, Theodore Adorno, William Reich, Eric Fromm, and Herbert Marcuse, to name the most important, had to contradict Marx on several points. And they argued that culture was not just a part of what Marx had called society superstructure, but an independent and very important variable. And they also said that the working class could not lead a Marxist revolution because it was becoming part of the middle class, that hated bourgeoisie. So who would lead that revolution? And Marcuse answered the question, he came around and said, a coalition of blacks, students, feminist women, and homosexuals. And faithfully for America, when Hitler came to power in Germany in 1933, the Frankfurt School fled. And they reestablished itself here in New York City. Um, And New York City, and there it shifted its focus from destroying traditional Western culture in Germany to destroying it in the United States. And to do so, it invented a theory called critical theory. And the critical theory um, is to criticize every traditional institution, starting with the family. And brutally and unremittedly, in order bring them down. It, it wrote a series of studies in prejudice, which said that everyone who believes in traditional Western culture is prejudiced, racist, sexist, fascist, and even mentally ill. And this school, when they came to um, America, um, they had established itself in Columbia University in New York and Chicago University in. in um, out in Chicago. And to this day, now we have those are two big schools that also teach teachers how to teach. So and and they developed the theory in the um in your children's school today. So and I know Ruben, I know we we discussed this in the past. Um, mhm. So now we know how this has come to the United States. And I see it on college campuses. I see critical queer theory, okay? You know, what do you need that for, okay? You see that all throughout the colleges. And sometimes the colleges force the students to take a class there as an elective, even though it may not be a part of their... um, their, their whatever their major is. Um, right. So now so now we have this thing I call it a thing think tank whatever you want to call it influencing our children. Right. And um, you know go ahead Ruben.
3: Well I I think it's a combination of uh, uh, of different um, different. I mean, we have, we have Obama who went to Columbia University And is also a product of the University of Chicago I believe he was a teacher there Somewhat of a teacher uh, Then we have the media that has that narrative That basically uh, mm-hmm. has grown over the years Because I don't remember as a kid Hearing so much about the racism And, 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 and the attacks on, uh, on, on law enforcement and, and, and all, this, all these politically correct um, statements that come out of the, the media. So I think it's a combination. Uh, people may, may, may assume or say, oh, it's conspiracy, but I think these, these groups are working together. Correct me if I'm wrong.
0: Right, and, and they are working together. And um, the, the danger, there's a big danger in this. Um, number one is the political correctness, which, by the way, in Europe, you know, has left a number of people dead, starving, whatever, and, and you see it today. I mean, God forbid if you're accused of racist and it comes out uh, on the Internet, you know, and, and let's say an employer does a research on you and, and, and they connect your name with racism, they may not hire you, even though right. you um, – You know, even though you might have said something stupid, okay, or, you know, you might have said something that was interpreted as racism. And, um, by the way, I just want to get into something about the um, upcoming election with Trump, which also relates to the political correctness, the PC and the control of the media that comes out of this. is what, What Trump did and said on that tape, undoubtedly was wrong okay and and i I have no qualms with that um however he did it more than 11 years for number one okay you have to ask the question why would you wait 11 years before you punish somebody okay that's number one and number two uh, you know and he also by the way went and uh, and apologized for, for what he did um you know, so number two, that says to everybody in America, okay, you know, you could have your phone on, and your phone can, um, uh, you know, you can accidentally video record yourself, and let's say you are uh, on a highway, okay, and and you curse, and that moment of time, um, your phone gets accidentally turned on, and it records that, okay, and um, you know, nowadays, you know, people go, go dig in for video stuff like that. And let's say 10 years from now, you want to run for president or an office. Somebody goes and pulls up that video and brings it out three weeks before you you are running for office. Okay? So w- this is a very dangerous thing is what I'm saying to do something like that. Because people are human you know they make mistakes, okay? You, you, you know what I'm saying, Ruben? Yes. So uh, it's, yeah. So it's it's more dangerous is the political correctness.
3: Right. Well, I, I think um, this this whole thing this on. whole thing with this whole thing with Trump's video, uh, they're basically they're 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 they're, they're so hypocritical uh and hypocrisy that the left plays all the time because. Uh, what did Bill Clinton do I mean he abused women For so many years And Hillary basically went after them So if you really want to talk about being really Abusive women? women Bill Clinton was, was one. The, the left The left uh, I, Hold on I'm Hillary. getting
0: some static so, If you really want to talk about um, Okay hold on I'm just getting some static Go ahead Ruben
3: so basically, the left is, and the media, yes, and the media is—you know—they're they're really hypocrites because they—they're bringing up a tape from 11 years ago, and 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 they keep quiet. That's the reason in the debate. If you notice, after Donald Trump brought up Bill Clinton's abuse of, of women, no one spoke about the video again. Did you notice that? Right. Yeah, because right. um, and and that's what. I was very happy he did
0: that. John, are you there? Can you hear me?
3: Uh, I am. I can.
4: Uh, what, uh,
0: can you hear me? Do you want to chime in on this one?
4: Uh, well, you know, I, I think if I listen to, to uh, you and Ruben discuss it, I, I, a couple of things sort of come to mind. Um, uh, the one is, the, the first thing that comes to mind is that it's. I find it, and Ruben just sort of started to touch on it. I find it interesting that, um, that sort of these things divide us. These, these cultural issues divide us. And they're used to divide us in a lot of ways. And the people that seem to skate on these things um, tend to be the people that are in power. And so it's, it's very easy to get people sort of discussing um, these cultural issues because there's a lot of passion in them. And at the same time, on the same weekend as that that tape uh, between uh, uh, mr Trump and, and Billy Bush dropped, uh, the, the WikiLeaks um, dropped the emails uh, some more emails from from Hillary Clinton, some of which are starting to come out now as people read them and say that basically she hates the common she, she John Podesta sort of um, acknowledged that she doesn't like the common people, uh, but they're going to play a, 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 a sort of strategy to to get her to, to be warmer to the the, the common man. Um, so it's sort of, it becomes a bit of a shiny thing in as much as, you know, you've got Hillary Clinton and, and other folks that are in power doing these things and um, deflecting the, the whole thing into a, into a sort of getting the people against one another for whatever reason, whether it's, black-white issues, gay-straight issues, or or whatever it is. And they're still at the core of this, despite the fact that that you're talking about it as a cultural issue, it is still an economic issue. And it still comes down to economics.
0: Yes, it is. is. And also, um, uh, I, I want to say that that is being done on purpose as to divide the one culture, or another. Because if you conquer and divide, then you can conquer a a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and but also as a part of this radio show, um, we are also going to show you how, how we can mend some of these differences, and by bringing on people who are of ex- exceptional quality, and also um, that we we our country. Um, as Americans, we are all immigrants and that is what made this country is the is the immigration and the um you know and, and the whole thing and so therefore um what I want people to see is that I want them to understand that they are Americans first and not um- you know whatever they whatever they um wherever they come from. And I want to bring on, um, we have a gal, uh, her her name is Claire Jameson. Uh, She's on our exceptional list because her family um, had actually purchased the park in in New York State. Uh, And, Claire, can you hear me? Yes, I can. I'm right here. Uh, Okay, (laughs) can you
5: tell us, um, you know, what made you About guys decide
0: to do this? And can, can you hear me, Claire?
5: Yes, I can. I can hear you well.
0: Okay. Can you tell uh, us what made you decide to um, to buy a park and um, get into something like this?
5: Well, my husband and I, we have seven children between the two of us. Five of them are boys, and the other t- and the other two are girls. And uh, they they're tomboys too at times. So. Uh, but anyways, we needed to have something to get the kids out of the house, away from the computers, away from all the junk there is. I mean, to to their bodies are not being exercised right. It, there, there's so much of this computer age and stuff going on that the children are just not getting the exercises right. And they're, they're the I don't know what the statistics are, but they're it, they're pretty bad on children getting the proper exercise and doing what they need to be doing outside, getting the fresh air like we used to when we were kids. So my husband and I decided to get this park. Um, My husband's been looking for a place like this for a while. He's a logger as well. And um, he found a piece of land that he's been looking at for years, and he fell in love with it. So uh, we started this park, and it's it's called Meadowy Mudboggers Club. what we started out with the name. And uh we reached another name for it, too. We also call it Meadowy Off-road Extreme Park, which uh we've had quite a few people come in there, and uh they just have a blast in this place they The kids play in the mud, they drive in it, they learn how to drive all together. I mean, before they even get on the road there, you can bring your children out there and just have a blast with them. There's rock crawling and there's mud bogs. There's uh, all sorts of obstacles you can ride on. It's over 100 acres, and uh, the children and every age just love this place. You get out there, and they just have a really good time. But uh, to put all things to short again, you know, this, this is what we need to do is spend more family time together. You know, get out there with your kids and play and and get some exercise, you know, enjoy yourself. You know, the kids are just craving
1: yeah. this stuff. Can I chime in for a
5: second? Can I chime in for a second? I, I, don't,
4: uh, um, yep. I don't know if everybody sort of gets the picture. Claire, Claire and her husband run a great, um, great spot. It is, um, so imagine a place where you can go, and there are pictures online and everything, but imagine a place where you can go, and you can bring your four wheel drive truck, your jeep and it 's not like you know there 's nothing uh, sedate about this, so you can bring your your four wheel drive, you can bring your monster truck, even if it 's not legal on the regular road, um, right. and you can go through the woods, across rocks, up hills, into mud bogs. Um, spend time with your kids do have just like have a blast your truck will come out absolutely caked and covered in mud and when when everything and, and you'll come out covered in fun and when all is said and done they have a campground um so you can spend the weekend there you can do it do it on saturday do it on sunday it's in Whitehall, new york it's uh not too far from albany or too far from um springfield massachusetts or I mean, it, you know, it's right up from, straight up from New York City, if you're, if you're coming that way, um, right. but it is an absolute blast, and you can spend the weekend there, and barbecue overnight, and set up your tent, and, and, um, and have a blast on Sunday again, before you head home, and it's, it's just this really cool um, opportunity to, to get out there, and let loose with a four-wheel drive, and, and, uh, you know, kick it, kick it into high gear. Hey,
3: right.
4: uh,
5: That sounds uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, we're, we put we put all our money into this park, so you know it's it's hard to keep things going. But we do accept uh, donations or uh, volunteer help, anything like that. We got to put bathrooms and showers into there, you know, in order to be opened up for the spring fling. But the spring fling, oh my gosh, it brought in pretty close to close to five thousand people. It was unbelievable. I mean, everybody just has such a good time the mile is like three, four miles down the road to even get into the place. <laughs> it's awesome. It
0: sounds like a sanctuary to me.
5: Oh, it's so <laughs> Where we can nice. go and take a break from all this stuff. Oh yeah, when you can <laughs> sit down and have a beer and some venison and, you know <laughs> just have the good old time fun. Everybody you loves of tailgate parties.
3: <laughs> you know, Claire, I have to admire you for you are uh, Taking your money and investing in in the Republic of New of the State of New York.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I
1: I call
3: them I call them a uh, little commie commie uh, North Korea at times with Andrew Cuomo. But
1: um. Oh,
3: but you're right you're right about you're right about spending more time with your children and 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 doing things that that actually be productive for families but um how h- how long did it take to basically sit sit and analyze on invest your money in a park that could be you know could be could be financially um you can have it's some a financial wing and gains, a prayer. <laughs> Okay. How,
5: long did, how, long did that, oh. how long did that take
3: like to digest?
5: Oh, my husband, uh, it's took 15 years to find the right piece of property. And uh, it's taken little time nor to condition it and all, but my husband is amazing. He can make anything. And when it comes to obstacles, he's got a teeter-totter for vehicles. You get up on it and try to balance yourself out, and you'll just laugh. You'll have more fun on that. I mean, most people coming out of the place are in tears. They're laughing so hard they're mud from head to toe. You're lucky to see white eyes and white teeth. That's all.
2: Okay. <laughs> they
5: had so much fun. Um, oh my god. That
0: sounds awesome. I, I, we got to get some more information on this. Um, you know, especially because it seems like it's geared for families. And that's
5: so important in this day and age? We have one major rule there. You have to be able to sit with anybody, and I mean anybody that comes in there, any campsite, and you have to be able to drink and eat with them too. And this is a – That sounds awesome. It is. It's, oh, my gosh, people meet from all over the world. I've had people there from Brazil, um, China, all over the place. They just love it. It, it. They can't talk enough about it, and they can't wait to get back. And some of them hate to leave. Well, it takes us hours to get them out of there.
3: <laughs> you know, upstate yeah. uh-huh. New York.
5: Upstate
3: New York. Uh, when I used to live in in in, in New York and New Jersey, I used to go up to um, Cooperstown in Monticello. Uh, upstate New York has some beautiful, beautiful areas uh, oh, it's to gorgeous. visit.
5: This time of year, it's just so beautiful. You know that from New Jersey, anyways. You get the beautiful yes. weather now.
4: So it's yes. not too far from the Vermont border, correct, Claire? You're, you're right so you're, on
5: the border.
4: Yep. we're right you're, on the
5: border of Rutland. In God's Vermont. country,
4: as they say up there, it's uh, it's just oh, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous country, and it's it is it. Um, mentioned sort of disconnecting from all of this, and yeah, it's a place you you can go, and. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever done a weekend, uh, you know, sort of where they've gone on vacation uh, for the weekend or, and you don't, you don't know what the news is. You don't know what's going on. You don't, you don't sort of keep up with the phone calls and the business the emails and everything. You just get lost in what you're doing. And here's an opportunity for people to do it, to do it, like some, have some fun with a, with this, this sporting activity, this, this this off-road activity um, and camping and, and just disconnect and sort of get away, but you're you're right on the Vermont border. You're you're not too far from Springfield. You're not too from, far from Albany. You know, if you if you if you need that connection, um, it's there and it and it's just a quick quick run from from city centers. But you are in paradise and disconnected from uh, anything oh. that that would sort of give you stress and worry.
5: Definitely, you wanna, you, you the, prices, wanna... the prices are very reasonable too. I mean, if you go to a movie and you're lucky to. You're in there for two hours, and you're lucky if you see a movie that you even like. But here, you're there all day long, from nine o'clock in the morning until uh, five at night. And I mean, and then if you're camping, you're there longer. And I mean, you get your money's worth, definitely. You People
2: want to stay away
3: from. That's... You want to stay away from Albany.
2: Yeah. That's true. Right, right, right. But it is beautiful uh, uh, okay. here.
5: <laughs> it is. And I, um, you know what really gets me is when you see a little two- or three-year-old uh, little girl, and she's covered from mud from head to toe, and she's got the biggest smell, and she comes right over and hugs me, and she says, thank you so much for having this place. I mean, <laughs> and then her parents are just taking so hands just cool. being thankful. I mean, it's awesome. And, you know, to me, that's worth all the money in the world is just to see somebody really happy like that. I mean, Um, that's what uh, it should all be about.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, we have to move on uh, because we have other guests. Uh, And also, before we go to our next guest, uh, I would like to ask John a question, um, particularly about, yes, Trump and his his chances now. Um, I, I guess, obviously, before the debate, Um, It didn't seem that good, but according to everybody I've talked to and all the polls I've looked at, you know, he's done much better in the debate uh, and maybe you can turn this thing around. You know,
4: Doreen, I've been, uh, and Ruben, I've been on this show and Ruben and I had, I remember distinctly Ruben and I having this discussion and I was standing in the same spot with my headphone Mm in right where I am right now. And and I, I think I've been on—I think I was on your show a couple of times, and both times I said, you know, Trump, Trump is going to fall at some point. Trump is going to go down, and I have been proven wrong at every single step along the way. So much for for the guy that's called almost every election since uh, since I was a kid. Um, yeah, I, I <laughs> uh, and 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 what that tells me is that this is a race that you can't poll. This is a race that you can't you can't do anything with. He definitely, um, definitely was much more solid in this debate. There's no question. Uh, his first one was, was pretty ugly. Um, this one very solid. Well, what he came does he swinging. need
2: to do?
0: Yeah. What does he need to do that next debate coming up? What What would some pointers be?
4: Uh, you know, I, I, I would, He is very he he's he's oddly strong despite criticism. When he starts getting into policy issues. And I think people, I think the people sort of want to hear some of those policy things from him now. When in the first debate, his shining moment was that sort of first 30 minutes when he was talking about trade. And when he was talking about trade, um, he was, he was, he he came out the first 30 minutes and won the first 30 minutes in the first debate. And when he let it get to to sort of some of these other things, um, he lost. This time, Uh, He he handled those other things. But I think people in this next debate need to hear those policy things. They need to we need to get away from sort of, you know, some of this this discussion that's been going on and we need to hear details on on taxes and on on things, because ultimately, ultimately voters will vote for um, people that are going to make a difference in their lives. And so the red meat is nice, but those voters out there, those undecided voters, and there are a number of undecided voters still, I believe, um, mm. the, they want to hear, you know, how is this going to affect me? How is this? Ultimately, it's about what happens at their kitchen table and about their, their bottom line, and they want to hear those policy details. They ultimately want a president who has a handle on those policy details. And so he needs, he he actually can handle policy issues, but he needs to show that to the people.
3: Well,
1: i totally agree i i totally I agree, <laughs> I, I, not, I totally
3: agree with him. your uh, i totally agree with your assessment i i i i am so happy that for for a change we have a republican candidate that actually goes in on the attack against the uh a democrat candidate um for the past uh elections you know we have romney mccain and these guys basically didn't do what Donald Trump Is doing in attacking them I think uh, policy wise I think he, he needs to art- articulate His policies better But I think people are realizing that That he's going to have If he becomes president he's going to have uh, uh, Very supportive people uh, Very intelligent people I mean like he has Steve Moore Economic guru
1: mm-hmm. Rudy
3: Giuliani for um, You know defense uh, Secretary you know All, all, all he, he'll have quali- qualified people to support him. But I think in the next debate, what he needs to focus on is bring out the record of Hillary Clinton a lot mm-hmm. more. When she starts talking about energy, okay, how about Obama's, uh, you were in Obama's administration when 10 companies that basically reinvested money in the uh, solar panel, and they went bankrupt, like Solandra. Mm-hmm. I, say that. I no, I agree with you. I that's the one
4: of the one of the things that, that sort of it hasn't happened. I and it, it, I mean it's a media issue really. Um we saw that with, with um with Martha Raditz the other night in particular. Um they they sort of call uh, Mr Trump out for his um his shading of the truth occasionally. They don't do that with Hillary Clinton. Um Secretary Clinton seems to skate on that. And so they asked questions. The first half hour the other night was about this this um, this tape, this conversation between he and Billy Bush. And,
0: and uh, but sh- but shouldn't they have asked her about the emails? Sure, you they know, did. They did that, her, but it was
4: very but they, they, they did. But long, in, the, in the end, but it, it was very brief. It was it was buried in the in the in the last third of the debate, and there was no follow up. There was no. It was just whatever she said came, and and there was no detail. There was. They kept hammering on details and getting him to say things um, on, on the on the videotape discussion. They never hammered her back on those. Now, what I think is interesting. What I think is interesting is that this has been a very long media cycle on on his tape with, with uh, Billy Bush. Um, and I coached Billy Bush by the by the way years ago um, when he was in <laughs> high school. Um, but they they so they they. It's been a long media cycle, but what's happened is that that, and we haven't heard anything about the email details that have come out in that time, but what's happened is it's given people the time to read through those emails, and so just as they're getting to details and finding details in there, the the media cycle will be dying down, I think, on on the audio tape. And there'll be room to sort of start to bring those things But You're starting to see that with the Podesta stuff that I re- that I referenced the other day. Um, I found it ridiculous, ridiculous that no one called her out when she blamed President Lincoln for the email problem. Right. I know President right, Lincoln right. has is famous for saying, "Always believe everything you read on the internet." You know, but um, she. She Blamed him and she was allowed to get Away with that and nobody Called her on that and that's To me it's like
0: as, as She was
4: saying that I'm thinking what
0: <laughs> How do you blame that on right. and Lincoln um, and, and I think uh, Luther Are you on the line okay Because um, I'll tell you what Sometimes folks um, If you're using a uh, Particular type of phone And we pick up it creates Static in the line here uh, and, and I don't know why that is, but i I know um I do have a couple of callers calling in every time I click on the line i'm getting static so um uh but anyhow uh we're going to continue with this um and I also want to introduce our next guest, uh who is a singer and songwriter um and she does a lot of uh things for our vets and a lot of fundraising um and and whatnot and uh her name is Anne Wolf. Anne, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Uh huh. Welcome to the show,
6: Anne. Thank you. Um, Thank you. It's nice to uh-huh. meet all can... of you out here.
0: Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So, you and I had talked yesterday, and um, you know you had mentioned about the interesting topic tonight, and you are actually one of the other person of of exceptional capabilities. And, um, you know, we've listened to your songs. And can you tell us um, how you got into all this and what you do? Well, first
6: of all, well, I wanted to thank you for your uh, for your exceptionalism and in, in wanting to put this show together every week so faithfully. I am going to – there we go. We'll see if that helps a little bit um, with the echo there. Uh, and then the next – next people I wanted to salute were the guests and I'm really appreciating your remarks and comments and, and background. And then I wanted to salute any veterans or first responders and their families that are out there listening tonight and to tell you how much I appreciate your service. And, you know, my husband just got back from a, a short deployment to the coast and because he's with the national guard every day. And, I just, I'm so appreciative as well. This family's very appreciative of, as well of our National Guard, and what they're doing right now as we speak to uh, perform rescues and do amazing work to bring encouragement and hope to people that are going through hell right now. So, uh, God bless you, and um, you know you're in this family's prayers every day. But as far as how I got into, are you are you asking Doreen like how how I apply the music for the purpose of Supporting veterans and first responders? Was that your question? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, from a young age, when I discovered such a love for music and discovered um, that you could combine messages with uh, music, I I, I was just so excited because my father was a, a humanitarian and my mother was an amazing, it is an amazing lady also um, that taught me so much about caring for others. And between the two of them, I became very inspired uh, to to want to make a difference. My father was a world diplomat, and he was involved with world hunger. He was a congressman for a while, um, so we traveled with him and we saw things the way they were in the world. So I made a decision from a young age that I was going to combine all these things together. I was going to learn how to write music. I was going to put messages that, that supported humanitarian values. And then, of course, as I grew a little bit older, I came to understand, you know, the crisis that we have going on, some of which you've already discussed today. Um, and that crisis is, you know, the, the, the tug of war that's going on trying to erode our constitutional values. Um, I, I love our Constitution. I love the people that support it. I love our history. Um, it's it's uh, the most exciting story when you look at, at how all of this came together. America hasn't been, you know, a perfect country because we're made up of human beings that make mistakes. But uh, the thing is we keep learning. We keep finding our way to the top again. And so um, it, it, it excites me to be able to write, whether it's blogs or songs or uh, books. I'm working on a book right now. Um, anything that can contribute to, uh, I guess, uh, to, to support... Sustaining the Constitution to support our okay. veterans and first responders and their families that are out working so hard. So, for instance, if uh, if I do a recording, I might pick a couple of songs out, and then take some of our regional heroes or people that I've met around the country and feature them in these videos so people can see, you know, the kind of wonderful work they're doing, and maybe others who might not know so much about what a veteran or first responder goes through or their family goes through, say in a deployment or whatever. Um, you know, they'll get a little bird's-eye view through these videos. So, um, like, for instance, I have this video called True Heroes, and the song is, is called For Every Tear I Cry. But this particular video, I, I guess I just got really mad one day, and I said, I can't believe all the negative press about our police and, and even some of our incredible patriot bikers that are out there. Uh, doing so much volunteer work. And I thought, now I'm just going to put this video together and it's going to honor who I believe are the true heroes. There was all this fuss at the particular time in the news over certain you know, um, so-called heroes in Hollywood and sports and things like that. And yet I look at these unsung heroes that are doing amazing things and saving lives and enduring incredible uh, just conditions in order to defend liberty and protect uh, people out there. And, you know, where's the applause for them? A lot of times they're completely unnoticed. So I I guess I'm just, I mean, I'm very honored that you would think to have me come here and be able to discuss this, but I really do want to honor uh, those people who are doing exceptional things out there every day and not necessarily even being thanked. Um, Among those are, for instance, our Vietnam veterans that went through hell and came back. And fortunately right now there's a great climate for, uh, supporting our Vietnam veterans, but it's it's long overdue. I, I did work with 18 different people to put together a mini documentary called After Vietnam Healing, and this can be seen um, on my uh, YouTube channel, and you can also find it on on the website. I worked with uh, some National Guard, I'm sorry, some uh, Honor Guard members in East Tennessee to put together a Soldier's Cross ceremony. and We have a video for that. And of course I've done the folding of the flags, you know, uh what the meaning of each fold is. You know, there's different interpretations, but this was one. So, you know, I'll take music or I'll take or I'll create narrations or I'll take existing traditional ceremonies and record them. Now I do have with me here tonight uh, a very dear friend Leo Garoniak. He's a retired school teacher and historian out of New Jersey. And uh, he may comment on oh, this okay. but he is here, but Leo uh, has contributed a lot of his personal energy and finances in order to help me afford to do these recordings. Um, because of his support, I was able to do the first uh, video narration of the Missing Man table ceremony that honors our POWs and MIAs, Prisoners of War and Missing in Action. And so, you know, now I take that, uh, that music and I go around and I do a lot of live ceremonies. And uh, one of... Uh, uh, the things I really enjoy doing are, are working with people who uh, either have been prisoners of war, uh, such as my friend Bill Robinson. Um, he was almost eight years a prisoner of war in Vietnam, and uh, it's, it was, it's been quite an honor to be able to work with uh, to Bill whenever he asks us to, uh, to come and do the ceremony before he speaks. Um, I have a friend, Sue Dauber, she's uh, an exceptional patriot in this area, and she put together the first Vietnam Recognition Day in March a couple of years ago. In fact, she organized two of them. She also organized the POWMIA Day. So, you know, I get the opportunity. I'm a member of Rolling Thunder, Patriot Guard, American Legion. Um, So what I'm doing is just using the resources that are here and teaming up with other people to uh magnify the good that's in this country and i think Doreen i i'm sort of struck with the with you know with so much admiration for the fact that you want to bring out the good news about america there's so much negativity right now yes so many people that are hostile and all caught up in this political nonsense and the reality is america is full of some of the most generous, kind and wonderful people that you'll ever meet in this world they are people who will take from their abundance and they will give to others in a way that has yes. uh, is unprecedented This nation has done so much And part of why I appreciate Some of our conservative candidates now And their philosophy about Encouraging small business and so forth Is because this promotes jobs And when we have jobs Then we have an overflow People have work, they have money Money is flowing it, it, Prosperity is not all about how much you can stash in the bank But it's how money flows through our society one hand supporting the other, Mm -hmm. one business supporting of the community and so on and so forth. And because America has had prosperity, they've been in a position to be able to be generous and to be helpful. But right now we see an eroding of support for our veterans. We see conditions that are deplorable. We see a lack of support for our police officers. We see this hyper, um, uh, I I don't know what you want to call it. I'm trying to think of the adjective here, but... But these people are just not getting the support. Our teachers are working their butts off and they're drowning in red tape right now. And Leo could probably tell you more about that. But, you know, there are so many people out there that in our everyday life we can just go forward as we meet people, whether it's the server, whether it's, you know, people that we stand next to in the line at the grocery store, the cashier. We can make such a difference to lift somebody up by recognizing the job that they do and by encouraging them and thanking them for what they do. And certainly if there are heroes in our local community, we can team up with uh, events and activities. Now, uh, Miss Claire has shared what she has done for families, but in every community in America, mm-hmm. uh, people are, are all, you know, there's all kinds of nonprofits, whether it's dealing with the homeless or dealing with, you know the elderly or you know people with special needs. There are ways that people can get involved. Now, what I've chosen to do in answer to your question is I've is is I take music and I take uh, positive thoughts and narrations and I create audiovisual content that people can use for that inspiration that hopefully encourages others. But everybody's got a talent. I mean, look at quilts, quilts uh, of honor, and the honor air flight. And people that raise pets and donate them to veterans. There, I mean, there are countless ways, countless ways that people have gotten inspirational ideas. And instead of thinking that it wasn't really worth a lot, they went forward and look what happened. You know, out of the, somebody made a quilt one day and gave it to a veteran. Next thing you know, you've got quilts being made all over this country to <laughs> give to veterans and exceptional veterans. And uh, or, or first responders, I think they also do. So every person out there, I want to encourage you that if you have a vision or a talent and you are starting to get this you know, itch in your heart to do something, don't ever underestimate the power of what that is because you don't know how your great idea that helps one person
2: could end up
6: being something that could just catch fire like a prairie fire across this country. So really, I'm just a humble citizen here, an Army wife. You know the the mother of a marine and and some other children and grandchildren and hopefully a friend in this community to as many people as possible, but I'm just here to uh use the talents that God gave me because I feel that's the best way to say thank you to God for all the blessings I've had and I just want to encourage people out there to uh, to get to find out who's doing what in their community and find a place to plug in if you're not already done and for those people that are community activists out there you know that are really working in a volunteer spirit, I just want to thank you and commend you because you are part of why America is a city on a hill.
0: Yes.
2: Would, and, um thank
0: I you. Do, we have some, people want to ask questions. Um uh Luther, are you on the lines? No, okay, we lost him. Um David, are you on the lines? Four eight oh? Yeah, I got three
7: questions three statements. Uh one uh we you and I know how the Clintons have taken care of their political enemies and people that threaten them. Uh the tape was and John probably agreed with this, was a way to politically and economically assassinate Trump. Uh to take him yeah. up, and he didn't he did back off. And two, um, Claire, well what uh, what is your future goals for this for the park and wh- where do you want where do you want to go with it and um uh, if you two, two can answer those those statements let me know
5: okay who wants to well, go first
0: claire go you, ahead go first
5: okay our future goals is uh, possibly to have a family carry it on i mean uh to keep it going to keep uh the togetherness Uh, The families working together I mean um, Just Keep some kind of joy in life You know To keep the government out of it For one thing (laughs) And Uh and really just have a good time Um, I mean other than uh, Oh and uh, We are purchasing some more land too So uh, we will be doing a lot more in this area. We want to make it a little bigger and a little bit more comfortable. And um, My husband said to also tell you that, that there's any type of vehicle that you could bring into the place. We've had lawnmowers, pumped up motors, and we've had even a couch with a motor in it. I mean, you would not believe some of the things people have for imagination. So if you can build it, you can bring it in and just have a blast with it. So it's a lot of fun there. Um, you said that, oh, we have the stunt ramps, jumps, tug-of-war tractor pad and uh, burnout pads, all sorts of stuff. So, you know, in order to check it out, you have to check it out on, uh, what was that, rider Place, Ralph? What was it? Yeah, Rider Planet. If you look on there, you'll see a lot of our films or on YouTube. There's a lot there to check out to see what you, you want to look at. You know, you'll see people having fun all over the place, anyway. So
1: the
5: yeah, yeah, the Facebook pages as well. So, but yeah, um, what was the other question there, David? Well, I like,
7: you I got a suggestion actually. Why don't you have next Memorial Day have Anne have a concert? Invite her, a veteran first responders to your park. And I'll hop off for first responders and and uh, Beth, oh. and John can help set it up. How about that?
2: Oh, I would love that. That's a good idea. He's already been planning planning you're, to get your days there.
5: Over there anyways.
7: <laughs> and then, <laughs> then, then, then <laughs> Doreen can help sponsor it with the well, that network.
5: Sounds, that sounds good and brings John right. over, too. Anne would have like to hold up a concert of her own. <laughs> uh uh woodstock, right? Uh, okay. And, um, so everybody's happy, and, and okay? To,
7: we can go home. Right. Yeah.
5: Um,
0: okay, Ann, um, would you yeah, like to play one you know, of your you songs? Uh, oh, okay. Um, Before
2: you put I that play, on, um, I did want to tell...
0: Go ahead. Uh, okay, I wanted to play a song called I do use the missing man table. I'll call Okay.
6: Oh, okay. Um, so so hold on a second, hey. This is for our POW and MIA. Okay. I think what you have here is the exit music, because uh, oh, the uh, okay, we'll, the uh, narration portion is is not there. Yeah. Yeah, this might be the the portion of the the video that uh, has the credits.
7: Yeah, that's what it is.
6: Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, then, it's a beautiful um, piece. We, we, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's uh, we'll from to my producer. On, on to, um, yeah, that. The, the um, um, there we go. Uh, uh, that might on. be it. Uh, okay. No, that's the same one. Um, actually, uh, we will go on to the Seventh Generation song.
6: Oh, so okay. Yeah this, one, yeah, this one. This um, one. this one I actually wrote many years ago. For an album that was titled Seventh Generation, and I brought it back to honor our Native American uh, communities out there, our veterans from the Native Americans, and our artists, our teachers, our elders. And the song, the, the term, what will we leave for the seventh generation? They try to make decisions in their culture that will be
2: positive and helpful unto the seventh generation. will we leave for the seventh generation by the way that we live and the choices we are making what is the way that we own our ancestors that gave us life so we can live upon the earth our blessings walking in the ways that grandfathers Some of the ones we leave behind us will we leave them a planet of dust What will be the songs of our children's children in our hands we carry the trust in the ways of grandfather? upon my
0: is yeah, very good.
2: Good.
6: Thank so you. I wanted to mention that I have two videos that uh, have that particular song um, on YouTube, and one is a video that's actually a narration using the pure soundtrack without the singing, and then the singing comes in at the end. But it's it's a video that I worked with um, a Hopi Indian Vietnam veteran uh, named Larry Montoya, and his beautiful wife Suri. We we worked together as a team to come up with the history and the storyline for a way to honor code talkers. Larry has a couple of uncles who were code talkers. And code talkers during World War I and World War II used Native American language in order to convey important security information and save a lot of lives in the process during the conflict. So they were incredible heroes and endured quite a lot. And so we have the video there to honor them. And it's called Never Broken, and you can find that. And then also I just took the Pure Song itself in a short version and did a video that honored Native American spirituality and, and some of their art and traditions and dance. So, um, you know, they're certainly among some of our great heroes and great citizens. Um, um, thank you for playing um, yes. that. Yes. producer your a myself. Uh, and um, that
5: was beautiful.
6: And
3: um, can, you, can you provide our our audience with uh, your website if you have a website and where we can actually purchase some of those beautiful songs?
6: Oh well, yeah. thank you so much. Uh, that song is actually going to be available on an album that will be out in about two weeks, and the new album is called Redemption, and okay. I put this album together of special songs that. I hope will be a great encouragement to uh, folks out there that are going through a lot of trials. Uh, so a lot of my friends are going through health crises and things like that. Where a lot of our veterans are, are getting older, and 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 so anyway, this this album uh, is full of songs. I even did a, a rock blues version of Amazing Grace and Swing Low Sweet Chariot, and that one I hope to do a video to honor honor air and to point out what they're doing bringing our veterans to Washington back in the day and for a big airport right. welcome when they return. So, you yeah. know, uh, but anyway, the website address is annwolfmusic.org, and I don't use any E's in my name, so it's just annwolfmusic.org. And then on there you'll see in the tabs in the menu you see for the bookstore and so forth.
7: Oh, okay, fantastic.
6: Yes.
0: Um uh, but okay, there's John, uh, 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 eight, uh, eight albums yeah. right
6: now, yeah. that I've got five in English and two in Spanish, so. Um,
5: oh, but it's wow. all inspirational oh, things, good. yeah. yeah. Uh, nice. uh, actually, Claire, do you have your website? Do you have a website for us? Uh, right now I do, but uh, if you talk to John Scott, he's going to be working on that, making it uh, really nice here for me.
3: All right, John. <laughs> all right.
5: <laughs> yeah, we'll we're going to do a <laughs> for <more> website for <laughs> before, so David had, yeah. David,
4: yeah. Had little, <gasps> David had a little inside information there when he was saying <laughs> that. So,
3: <laughs> political well, political right now, analyst and web designer,
2: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. He's quite right, talented, right? right.
0: <laughs> um, he, which actually, talented. So I want to go back to you, um, for a second uh, on the, um, you know, suppose we see a, a Hillary Clinton presidency. Mm-hmm. Um, no. What can we expect in four years? Within four years, what kind <laughs> hell, of <you> know, <laughs> Total hell.
4: <laughs> um, it's going to be an interesting four years. I, you know, the 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 really interesting question that we haven't even talked about, and it's it's really starting to be discussed a little bit more, is what happens to Congress. You know, do, if 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 uh, oh, if, if we have a President Trump or if we have a President Clinton, what? You know what? What are they dealing with for, from a congressional standpoint? Um, you know, I, I I expect if if we do have President Clinton, um, I, I think we I expect a one-term president, and I expect it to be um, an interesting four years. And that that all depends on on how those down-ticket races go, um, just how interesting it is. Um, but I, I expect a one-term presidency. I think a lot of the people. That are voting for her will be voting for her because they don't support uh, Mr. Trump, and so her negatives are, are are fairly high as well. I mean, you have the two highest negative candidates um, of any of any race in in history, but, obviously.
2: But, but I, I would vote for Trump
0: over Hillary, and, and yeah, I'll tell uh, yeah. you why. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, well yeah, I, because- I, I, I I <laughs> I I know his her her track record particularly with Phil oh, you know Wait. and and running this nonprofit I mean you, you know you have access to a lot of stuff including talking to people all around the country you know pulling up Oprah's. and you know when you look into her the, to their foundation there's a lot of questions there that really scares you you know well, Oh question
3: yeah. well I I I think I think the um I agree with John's assessment again um I, but I think also people who are voting for Trump are people who dislike uh Hillary also and and in regards to Congress I mean we've seen the Republicans control Congress for quite a few years now and what what has happened they've given the whole house the whole bank to the whole store to to Obama so I think what we uh, need to elect is a lot more uh, more conservative candidates uh because we've been electing a lot of rhinos and, and and that's what happens when you elect rhinos they they basically vote alongside the uh, the democrats so I think if a Hillary wins uh the key to it is electing more conservative uh candidates if we elect rhinos Hillary's going to have the same um uh uh all her stuff is gonna be passed because they're gonna be voting for her uh they're not gonna go against her because she's a woman if if president trump donald uh, uh gets elected i think uh we may definitely see uh more conservative um candidates win that's mm-hmm. my assessment uh, yeah you uh, know it, and it, will it, they I,
0: yeah go ahead, john i
4: i i was gonna say uh, go i think you know i think it's um I think no matter what happens, you're going to see a sort of restructuring of the GOP in a lot of ways. And there's going to be a lot of um, sort of come to come to Jesus moments. I think, you know, my friend Grover Norquist um, is is famous for saying that a Republican who votes for tax uh, increases is like the rat in the Coke bottle. He ruins the brand. Um, and and that's that's in essence what you have. So you talk about conservative candidates ribbon and you know i think that's i think you're spot on i would put the proviso in there though fiscal conservatives the problem is we've had we've had people go to dc and spend and spend it's okay if we spend money as long as we spend it on our causes um you've Mm -hmm. had conservatives branded as people like and, and some of your listeners may love them uh mike huckabee Mike Huckabee doubled the size of government in Arkansas, raised taxes to do it, and when he was done, he instituted the, the worst nanny state legislation in the history of nanny state legislation, the big gulp ban. Um, yet people call him a conservative because he's a social conservative. He it, fiscal conservatism he doesn't he's never seen a, a tax cut he liked, and that's <laughs> where. That's where the, the, the breakdown in the party is, because that's where the sort of leave us alone coalition that Reagan built was born, was in that fiscal conservatism. Um, so we right. lost that. That's, and, and I think my belief is that that's where the GOP comes back together. Um, you know, that's where you bring in a you bring in some of the libertarian folks that are supporting Gary Johnson and you bring in, um, you know, you bring that coalition back together and uh, Agree.
0: so i think G- that gary yeah um gary johnson's voters will um, when he drops out who will they go to uh, hillary uh, or donald well, He's not well i drop think out. Ga-
3: i think i think gary johnson's uh, is going to hurt hillary because a lot spot of the on, uh, Ruben.
4: you are spot on yep
3: yep yeah it's not going to hurt it's not going to hurt uh, donald trump
4: Yep, I agree. Uh, Trump's Trump's thirty-five wow. or forty percent, or whatever, is is hardcore. Um, Clinton's are, are, are a, a significant portion of her money. Or her percentage is anti-Trump. Uh, those aren't necessarily pro-Clinton voters. Uh, Johnson can pull those. I think you know people criticize um, uh, Governor Johnson and Governor Weld for for sort of. Um, saying some, some some liberal more liberal things some more central left things. But the fact of the matter is they can pull those Democrat voters
1: that, mm-hmm. that Trump
4: is never gonna pull. And so that's right. brilliant political strategy. And if you criticize them for brilliant political strategy, then you know that there's a disconnect there because that's smart that's smart politics in my opinion
3: well, I think also Bernie Sanders voters there that are mm-hmm. have, have moved from the democratic Party into the libertarian party i mm-hmm. I, I personally I, I consider myself a libertarian at heart uh, as you am know? I yep. yeah mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
4: no i I agree with you I think you know they're doing a good job of uh they they're, obviously the email said that you know Hillary worked against Bernie Sanders. Um, Bernie Sanders, you know, colluded against Bernie Sanders um, with the DNC, and and certainly Bernie Sanders voters aren't going to go to Trump. Um, there's a logical crossover there to, to Johnson. I don't understand. I mean, I understand why he's not getting a lot of traction. People don't know him, and I understand why the state commission is not letting letting him in. People always say that the debate commission is nonpartisan. That's not true. They're bipartisan. There are are representatives from the Republicans and the Democrats. There are no third party or independents on there. So there's, as I said, I get back to our initial discussion, and everything comes down to economics and keeping the people in power that are in power and and all these issues that divide us. And the reality of it is um, that they don't want that third voice in there. They don't want... um, They don't want to hear Gary Johnson and give Gary Johnson any power because he's he's sort of the guy that could really shake this and put it on its ear.
3: Well, John, the the media, (laughs) media, the the media knows that the voters that are voting for Gary Johnson and and Governor Well are basically uh, are taking votes away from Clinton. And they don't really Mm -hmm. want they don't really want to uh, expose that.
4: And promote that. Yep, absolutely.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow. It's just it, it, so so, so it, yeah, just so so interesting. Um, now, um, supposing, well, let's talk about the next debate. Um, what 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 does Hillary Clinton really have to do? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that's a good question. I, I, I think. <laughs> I think she's going to find herself uh, see, on a little bit a more fire with her. With her, yeah, I don't have a problem with with her. Um, you know, um, I guess on a personal level, just that what she stands for and how she got there. You, you my, know, what I'm my saying. Problem
4: with, she, my she, problem with Hillary Clinton is that I'm not sure she stands for. Um, I don't. I don't oh think she goodness. is. And and if you listen to, or if you look at. Some of the emails, um, it, it would be questionable that she stands for anything other than whatever the polls tell her she's supposed to stand to for in order to get power um, from the political system. So, I mean, you have it. It, it amazes me. Um, I, I, I do a lot of work with um, with LGBT athletes, right? We go back to the, the gay straight thing. I do, and I don't understand sometimes why the LGBT com- the community is sort of locked on to Hillary Clinton. It just makes no sense. She was anti-LGBT. When she talks to a certain crowd, she is, she is anti-masses. Uh, she, she talked, the, the transcripts have come out now on her, started to come out on her Wall Street speeches, where she talks about one world government. So people, people that, that and, and, and the financially, you know, the 2% sort of controlling that. If you are a a, a a regular voter, if you're a small business person like Claire, and you're just okay. trying to raise your family and run your business, and you're trying to do that without interference and unfair regulation and competition that goes against you, that goes towards big business, Hillary Clinton isn't your champion. That's, That's right. absolutely wrong. So sort of this, this message that we let the media put together and we let Hillary Clinton question her. I mean, she was, she was, she was anti-things before she was pro-things, and she was pro-certain things before she was anti-certain things, anti things, and it all depends on what happens in this election cycle and what the polls say she needs from a certain group.
3: You well, know? I, 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 I'll add, I, I'll add something to that. She, she's for mm-hmm. things as long as the Clinton Foundation is getting the money. Mm-hmm.
5: mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
4: It's about money and oh, power, Oh my God. Ultimately. It's about money and, and power, ultimately. Small
5: and, business don't get the help that they're supposed to get. They don't hmm. get it. Believe me, it, if it, it wasn't you know, for us doing it right, ourselves, and, it wouldn't right. be there.
1: Right.
5: So their promises uh, are, are lies. And right. They have a tax. Most yeah. small businesses that I see today have gone out of business within the year. And mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of them go through it. They're not yeah. getting the help they're supposed to be getting. 7
0: out of 10 small don't make it 5 years 7 out of 10 small businesses uh,
5: um, okay, don't
0: make it, on, five, years. Um, okay, I don't make it 5
1: years
0: so. uh, uh, Caller 480, you're on the line David, Yeah,
1: is Hello Yeah,
0: it's David, uh, David
1: um, your, Go ahead Well, you know
7: surely um, hearing, um has always done what she had to do. She she goes always with the Brian Clyde. It, we, we all know his, his past. And uh, John, don't you agree? The first debate, when Trump was talking about business and taxes and economics, he was destroying Hillary. Hillary had no clue what he was talking about. And then they then they stay trapped him. They got into some stuff that had nothing to do with he was debating this for
1: today. Would you hear that? Um, Go ahead, John. I, I sort of got
7: a
4: bad got a bad connection here, but yeah, absolutely. I, if I if I got that right, yeah. I think what I heard you say was that, that sort of the first, when they were talking about taxes and trade, he was he was winning. Yeah, I said that at the outset of our our session tonight here. I, I, I definitely think he was winning on those issues. And if he can get back to some of that um, in the next debate, he's, he's a wise man. Um, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, she doesn't have um, sort of the wherewithal to, to, to go toe to toe with, with anyone on some of those things. Um,
0: because she, her positions are all over the place.
4: So.
3: Right
0: and who is actually doing the next debate Ruben, or do you know who who is moderating mike
3: wallace mike wallace is going to be the moderator and oh, that's and, going to be and, fun and, and we, yeah we have to be careful with mike wallace because even though he works for fox mike wallace uh well mike no, not mike wallace uh, chris wallace chris uh, wallace
4: yeah
3: yeah the son um he he tends to be he tends to be left leaning instead of being neutral at times. And he probably will will um, attack uh, Donald Trump more than he would attack um, Hillary. That's my point. Um,
0: just to kind of throw, throw, throw this one out to you guys, do you think they're going easier on Hillary because she's a woman?
3: No. That's hmm. a thought. point. They're going easier <laughs> yeah. on Hillary because... They're going easier on Hillary because she's part of the uh the the, the East Coast Democrat elite.
5: That's right. I believe yeah, that. I
3: I,
0: I thanks, would agree thanks, with you. Thanks Ruben. We're yeah. we're living in communist land over here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Go ahead.
0: laughs> Should I call everybody <laughs> comrade? <laughs>
4: yeah. I yeah, uh, uh, yeah, no, cause... I agree with Ruben on that. I don't think it's a woman thing. I think it's a I think it's a um I think that that um You've got sort of, you know, it's interesting. I, I've I've had cigars um, down in in D.C. Up a certain senator who shall remain nameless, who's a well-known um, conservative center, senator, senator um, has a, a cigar night every once in a while uh, at his at his place on Capitol Hill. He has a, an apartment in Capitol Hill in a brownstone, and um, he he has cigars every once in a while, and the the folks that he invites over are, are cross-section. I mean, he has some of the most liberal senators there, and everybody has a good time, and it's, you know, you have a scar and a couple of scotches, and enjoy yourself. And there's no mention of of the political fight. So anybody sort of that thinks that there's a political discord in inside the beltway, there isn't. I mean, it's, they get along perfectly fine. Uh, you saw that between Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Antonin Scalia. It, you know, the ideology goes out the window. So, it, it, I find it interesting that what really it boils down to is let's keep the people in power in power and say what you want about uh, uh, Mr. Trump, but he is a political outsider. He hasn't, quote unquote, I put, you know, finger air quotes around it. He hasn't earned his chops inside the beltway. And that's, you know, that's you're supposed to work your way off. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. And they protect the ones inside, and, and certainly the Clintons are are inside the Beltway creatures. So um, that's what happens. Yes,
0: but to 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 us voters though, that makes Donald Trump more attractive because mm-hmm. he's on the outside, and it makes it more exciting right. because then it brings some outside, um, you know, ideas.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the left,
4: on the left this year, this was the year of the outsider. On the left this year uh Bernie Sanders made a made a big push yeah he's a yeah, senator he's been down there a long time but he's not one of the political insiders inside the beltway nobody's nobody's inviting him to their their, their brownstone on second uh to to have um to have uh, cigars and, and scotch you know so there's a there's a political outsider versus insider kind of thing and the one outsider left in the race now is, is Mr Trump and and he's up against probably the quintessential insider um, right now and so there's a I
5: don't know there's a I think it's going to change a lot of things I think he, he, he might, might. Yes. He, he might a lot of good things. Uh, and
0: and I think that the Republicans are scared of him
5: Yes they are so, they've and, been messing and around I, too I I
0: right and I and I am, you know tell you the truth I'm kind of proud that we have a candidate on the outside like this me
4: too. you know hey, any anyone um, anyone inside the beltway is scared of them I'll tell you how how the beltway works really um and how political parties work uh it's not really about the candidates as much as it's about guys like me or or guys that you know used to, I don't do much um uh inside the beltway work anymore but um there's a reason that you know eight of the the top twelve Um, richest counties surround D.C., and part of it is because consultants make a lot of money. And to be honest, there's a lot of money that's made by consultants that's tax-free because the money trail is hard to follow. Politics sets it up that way. So really, ultimately, it's about keeping those people in power that are in power. Uh, uh, Trump is surrounded by some advisors, some people from the consulting class. I know some of them but he doesn't listen to them. He's not really tied into them. He's not, they're there because they sort of have to be um, in order to maneuver the electoral process. Uh, he has to have some knowledge, some, some insider knowledge, but he does that begrudgingly. Um, and so that there's a disconnect between him and that consulting class inside the beltway. And so that scares everybody. That scares everybody because it scares them at their wallets. These guys have been on the gravy train for years And um, and 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 Trump is not you know, he's there was an interesting article in The New York Times today called uh, The Sad Lonely Life of Donald Trump. And it said that, you know, he he doesn't have friends particularly and he doesn't even have advisors like he doesn't have he doesn't surround himself with people. And and so this political race is an attempt to sort of connect with people. And if he doesn't connect with people, it's because he doesn't connect with people well. So it's an interesting thing. He's got people on the run inside the Beltway who are wondering whether the Gravy train is going to stop, I think. And that's, that scares the hell out of them because they have Jaguar payments to
5: deal with. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I so think interesting. whether anybody believes it or not, I think God is backing him up.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: I Absolutely. really feel that. I know he's backing him um,
0: up. Yeah, and... and uh, Folks, I want to say that um, we did let the show go for an hour and a half. Um, and and it's, we're actually going to 1030, but I want to, um, in our closing, I want to play um, one of Ann's songs. Uh, it's actually flat, uh, flag folding, right? Is that the name of it, Ann? Um,
6: uh, well, yeah. if you have something flag folding, yeah, that might be the flag folding ceremony.
0: Yeah, that's one of the ones I want to play in closing. Um if if we Before over you play that Doreen, can I
4: jump Before you play that, can I jump out? I'm, my my phone is running out of power here and it's entirely possible that while you're playing that song, I disappear from your your airwaves and never never return uh, okay. here thanks to my it was my great cell having phone you, John. power.
0: You're always
4: welcome. All always, right, you, John. John a have a good I, um I will I will talk to you yes. all later. Thank you very much for having me and and uh Good luck to to all of your guests. Claire, we'll talk soon. Okay, John. <laughs> all
2: right, John. Yeah. <laughs> See y'all. Um,
4: Have a great one. Bye-bye. And,
2: and, Bye.
0: And and actually, I uh, I also want to um, thank um, both uh, Claire and Ann for coming on tonight. Uh, thank for, you, Maureen. Yeah, you know, telling us what it was they a do. Pleasure.
6: Thank you, yes, and thank you for featuring our flag. Our flag yeah. is is our banner of liberty, and I appreciate so much that you're that you're featuring it.
0: Thank you. Yes. And
6: there were two, yep. ca- and and Ruben,
0: um, you know, I will mention this to you, there were two callers who did try to call in every time we clicked on the thing here, there's static in the line.
5: <laughs>
2: so yep. yep. And
0: being a
5: veteran too, I wanted to thank Anne. that it's beautiful work that you're doing. That was probably me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you know.
6: so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my friend, Leo. He was a, uh, uh, the historian, yeah, yeah he was uh, wanting to get in on the discussion a little bit. But, well, maybe we could have him share his wisdom on a future show.
0: Yeah, we will have you guys back, definitely. Um, and for Ruben, um, we are again back next week um, with um, Dr. Jerome Heiler. Uh, he's going to bring an interesting perspective um, about what our founding fathers thought and what they would think about what we're going through today. Very interesting perspective So I, I, um, wanted to just, folks,
3: I Before you play the song I just wanted to mention something uh, Bring up in regards to our veterans um, we, we definitely The next president of the United States Has to take into account right away The treatment of our veterans We, yeah, cannot, put illegal, absolutely. we cannot put We cannot put Illegal aliens Refugees ahead Of That's our right. veterans
5: That's
0: right. I believe that one. And um, uh, before we close out, folks, I want to mention um, to go to the 501c3 nonprofit, studentsforabetterfuture.com. That's the one that brings to you these shows, these great shows, and um, also does the um, uh, the, the, uh, uh, planting the seed for your students on campus. So that would be awesome if you can go and check out that website. And, folks, until next
5: week, everybody, have a good night. Thank God.
8: The Flag Folding Ceremony. If you have ever attended a memorial service or funeral of a veteran, you may have seen the beautiful and very moving flag-folding ceremony. Performed with articulate precision, every movement has a special meaning, often pointing to our spiritual roots as a nation and the principles upon which it was founded. At a military event, the flag-folding ceremony honors the soldier and demonstrates respect to his or her family, especially at the moment when the fully folded flag is presented to a close relative of the veteran being honored. But have you ever wondered, what is the meaning of each fold? Let's explore. The first fold of our flag is a symbol of life. The second fold is a symbol of our belief in eternal life. The third fold is made in honor and remembrance of the veteran departing our ranks who gave a portion of his or her life for the defense of our country as well as for the cause of the attainment of peace throughout the world. The fourth fold represents our weaker nature, for as American citizens we trust in God and it is to him we turn in times of peace as well as in times of war for his divine guidance. The fifth fold is a tribute to our country. And to better understand this important fold, let us look to the words of Stephen Decatur, a United States Naval officer who served during the early years of our nation's history. He said, our country, in dealing with other countries, may she always be right, but it is still our country, right or wrong. The sixth fold, is for where our hearts lie, remembering that it is with our heart that we pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The seventh fold is a tribute to our armed forces, for it is through the armed forces that we protect our country and our flag against all her enemies, whether they are found within or without the boundaries of our republic. The eighth fold is a tribute to the one who entered into the valley of the shadow of death that we might see the light of day, and it is also a fold to honor Mother, for whom it flies on Mother's Day. The ninth fold is a tribute to womanhood. For it has been through women that the character of the men and women who have made this country great has been molded with qualities such as faith, love, loyalty, and devotion to God, country, and family. The tenth fold is a tribute to fathers, for they too have given their sons and daughters for the defense of our country. The eleventh fold, in the eyes of a Hebrew citizen, represents the lower portion of the seal of King David and King Solomon, and glorifies in their eyes the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. The twelfth fold, in the eyes of a Christian citizen, represents an emblem of eternity and glorifies in their eyes God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. With regard to the Canton field of blue, this portion of the flag dresses from left to right and is inverted when draped as a pall on a casket of a veteran who has served our country in uniform. And when the flag is completely folded, the stars are uppermost, reminding us of our national motto, In God We Trust. Also important to know is that when the flag is completely folded and tucked in, it takes on the appearance of a cocked hat, ever reminding us of the soldiers who served under General George Washington. It also reminds us of the sailors and Marines who served under Captain John Paul Jones, who were followed by their comrades and shipmates in the armed forces of the United States, preserving for us the rights, privileges, and freedoms which we enjoy today. I invite you to explore all sources of information to learn more about our flag, its history, and the proper way to display and care for our flag. May you always know joy in your soul and pride in your heart when you see our flag on display. May you always remember the sacrifice of those who served in uniform and of their families all throughout the decades in preservation of our freedom. And may we keep a prayer on our lips for our nation that we might always see her wave over our land of the free and our home of the brave.